How is that? It's great. We're going to be have some more fun dishes coming. Everybody, this is me eating a Turkish eggs bowl if you've never had one before. <laughs> mm. Come on down. They have Turkish eggs over in Australia. Oh, yeah? Similar but different to ours, yeah. Delightful stuff. Delightful stuff. Mm. Nom nom. Do you have do you have an actual question for me, or am I just about to go off? Is that well, supposed to I it seemed like you were pretty excited about your trip, and I wanted to hear more about hear more about it, and specifically how you might apply some of those things to us. I know you probably haven't processed all of that yet. Nah, but no, no, this hey, is great. Welcome to processing time. Uh, welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. I'm Jared Truby. Normally my co-host, besides Michael Weiser, is George Christopher Baca. He's out riding mm, cars around or something like that. Oh, is, is the rally happening this week? Yeah, but he's not. He he's uh, making sure that his car is ready to rally. Gotcha. So he's like alignment. You know, I think he's one of those guys who needs it perfect, and that's great. Yeah. It's an exciting time if you're going to go rally somewhere near Sonora. Um, I, Jared Truby, was gone for two weeks, so... uh I'm back now. I was on a trip to Australia and New Zealand where I spent half the time uh, uh, in Sydney and Melbourne and then the other half of the time in uh, the North Island of New Zealand, just living the dream, drinking the coffee, eating the food, and traveling with my gal pal. Gal pal. We, you know, we were, we were both tourists and then by proxy, you know, coffee people were amazing and liaison me. Especially in Sydney, a little bit in Melbs as well. What is the coffee culture like down there? Like, I I know the coffee culture here in Santa Cruz. Yeah, really well. Yeah, but I I have not ever really gone anywhere. Which sh- shout out to the research that was done that said Santa Cruz uh, is one of the best coffee cities in America. That was cool. I think there were a couple articles that came out at once that yeah. I saw. So yay us. Yeah, yay Santa Cruz. Good job us. Uh. The culture is very espresso-centric. Really? Mm-hmm. So drip coffee and filter coffee in general, pour-overs, is relatively new and a secondary experience. Hmm. Espresso culture is so embedded that it is in... They have full espresso machines in gas stations. Wow. With BP being one of the best companies of gas station over there, and they have actual baristas, like an actual barista there, not just like automatic with a full grinder they'll make you a flat white they'll make you a cappuccino for all of us who by the way we can finally kind of settle what what is a cappuccino versus a flat white in that culture everybody (laughs) which i I knew this before but people have talked about it well people have just talked about it forever traditionally a cappuccino is going to have cacao on top of it a flat white is not that's your difference wow Mm -hmm. and it especially is delicious with dark roasted coffees because it just brings out that yummy chocolate note. But honestly, it's delicious in general. Like Part of me is like, hey, you know what? I'd love to steal that because the latte art also looks banger when you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever. That's neither here nor there, nor, it's gonna hap- nor is it going to happen in Santa Cruz. But that, if you, if you really want to just like get over the argument of what's a flat white versus a cappuccino, like that's it in terms of the place that created them. So mm-hmm. um, very espresso-centric. Uh Food and coffee together is a thing. Like, it's kind of just what is expected. The level of breakfast is high across the board, both in plating, but also in execution. 
there are kind of a few staples that seem to be everywhere. You know, there's some form of Benedicty thing. Mm. There's some a form sauce, a of sauce. Well, they and they use the term toasties, which is which is toasted bread or and or great, uh, like grilled cheesy sandwiches. But toasties are a thing uh, a lot of the time, everywhere. Poached eggs are you know pretty classic. So basically, the, uh, most restaurant or most cafes are a little more restaurant based. You mm. are going to if you're having it for for dine in, which you typically do, you either grab a menu and sit down, and somebody will come serve you. Yeah. Uh, all places, restaurants, and cafes, you always pay at the end by by way of going to the till, no matter what. Yeah. So that's something people aren't used to at a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Um, you literally are just like, you'll if you're an American and you're not ready for that, you're like just sitting there and you're all, when are they going to bring me well, the bill? That makes and me they think never of do. like Jeffrey's. Have you ever been to Jeffrey's in town? No, but they do that? Yeah. Yeah. You, it's or, classical, what yeah, we would call you, old school, right? You, they give you the check and then you'd go up to the, you know, you go up to the register up front and pay. They've got like the glass top with all the gum underneath. Oh, yeah. And you super have dinner perfect. mints that you could add on. And so that for me isn't super unfamiliar. Well, you won't get the bill either. Oh, you won't get the bill? Mm-mm. You don't get anything until you go to the front. Ah. Yeah. They'll tell you everything. Well, I'm okay with that. because I don't you, care. Then you have to have that awkward conversation of like, can I get the check? Yeah. And then they don't, check. tip is like Thanks. not a thing typically there. Yeah. You know. It's all it's all inclusive. So I mean that's that's not necessarily the culture. That's kind of like the organization of the whole thing. Yeah. Culturally, as a whole, there's a lot more knowledge and understanding of an engagement around the product. Um, not necessarily by default. In some cases, it is though. You know, they'll tell you about the flavor notes. They'll tell you about what's in it. But there is. A pretty clear understanding most most cases about what's going into the coffee blends yeah. wise, brand wise, uh, wholesale partner wise. Like They've they got know a better understanding than yeah. I don't know. They have I like mean, a, they their base level's high. Yeah, the their base, base level's high. Yeah, the base level. The um, the culture though in Australia, especially and and the city in Auckland where I was there only for twenty four hours, but there is a really high level of consumerism both in shopping but also in you go out to eat you know the the cost of i think to buy food and make it at home isn't much cheaper if cheaper at all than just going to restaurants and they've set it up that way so that you know um they're socialists so i'm sure there's push and pull across the board in terms of it being good or not but you know the base level pay is high there however most of the restaurants, unless they're trying to be like quick service, like ramens or like dumplings or cookies or donuts, it's quick. Yeah. Feel like the build outs would look to most of us like the nicer, nicest restaurants in town. Yeah, is but that the, just because the the uh, standard maybe is is that high? Maybe and for us, the, like really nice. That's like yeah. I I couldn't tell you exactly like why because I don't live there, but in general. The build-outs have a lot of detail and a lot of money into them. They yeah. call them fit-outs, but they're they're beautiful. I mean, the place. It if you were just going by look, you would really truly be like, I don't know where to eat. They all look so nice. You yeah. need you need a bit of an inside take. Yeah. On top of that, though, I think the quality of food is pretty high across the board as well because they're very culinary focused. Uh, so that is there was a lot of Kenyan espresso. Most of the espresso I got that was single origin. I'd say 80% was from Kenya in really? this trip. 
potentially because it was seasonal. Potentially, I don't. I'm not going to have another reason. Potentially, that was just <laughs> most of the single origin espresso I got was from Kenya on the trip. Why does that stand out? Most people, I mean, Chris and I are not in this camp. We're actually in the camp that would serve Kenyan espresso. Most people in America are afraid to serve Kenyan coffees because they're big and punchy. Mm. And potentially the American palate would call them sour or hard to, uh, just a lot to take on. Yeah. So, and then occasionally you might, not occasionally, unless you know how to extract coffee well, you could find those drinks in milk, that espresso and milk to kind of be tangy and, and yeah. you know. For some people, it would be off-putting if you don't understand how to extract. It wouldn't and be in that comfort zone of oh, this is familiar and probably I... not. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fun. But man, I I love Kenyan espresso, so I was pretty happy and <coughs> just uh, overall a really fun experience when it came to that. In general, it's just it's a beautiful, fun place. It's really clean. It's really safe. It's really classic, clean and safe, dude. Who yeah. would have known? Yeah, I know. It turns out if you make a place clean and safe and it actually feels like, again, I, I don't live there. And so I'm getting, I have slightly rose-colored glasses, but at the same time, I walked around both the cities and they're very safe. There's yeah. there's young kids walking around at 10 o'clock at night, Good not, not causing trouble. You know, they're, they're out just enjoying life and they are... It feels very family-centric, even though it's a big city and That's I'd cool. consider that a win, you know? I, right. I don't feel like I would ever let two 12 to 14 year olds wander around San Francisco at night. Yeah. And there was, that was clear. They were jumping on ferries to go across to this place called Manly to go whatever and coming back and walking through the park and just out riding bikes because the weather was nice and living the dream. Yeah. That stuff I'm a little bit, you know, um, little jealous about well social but i mean you know whatever you're gonna have your arguments socialists have to f follow a lot of rules and be ruled by a government really specifically but they all seem to follow those rules and because of that there is a bit of this enjoyment safety yeah. you know they follow the rules intensely yeah right if you don't wear your helmet you're gonna get a 400 hundred dollar ticket on a bike or a <laughs> thing and so they, they wear the helmet you know and for me, I'm like, great, yeah, it's a safety precaution. You wear the helmet. I don't really care. And then in America, people are like, you don't tell me to wear a helmet. It's kind of a little bit how the vibe is, you know? So in some areas of that, um, I would find myself an American, a.k.a. I don't want to be in a one to two kilometer window during the pandemic for three to five months and, like, literally go to jail otherwise or something to that effect. Yeah. That's what we don't have here. And then on the flip side, I really would enjoy a town that – um, finds a way to deal with the majority of the homeless because I saw almost none and has amazing food all the time and I could definitely feel safe enough to let my kids run around and do whatever they want for the majority of the time, be back at dinner tonight and know that they're going to be just fine Yeah, for the very most part. So there's your, there's your snapshot. And I uh, also hadn't taken a vacation since prior to the pandemic when it came to something like this, nor have I been to an SCA or a proper coffee event with other owners so to be able to talk coffee culture ownership a little bit with people who are doing it uh at a high level was was really refreshing for me as well yeah. i mean you you've gone to Honduras a couple times but that was work. From still yeah, amazing from, yeah from experience those trips are not a vacation well and they're also <laughs> not coffee cafe owner culture 
yeah, in that it's a way, it's a, it's a different animal, yeah. a beautiful animal, but a different animal for me. Um, so what, what was your big, cause when you came back on, when you were here on, um, either Friday or Saturday, it just, whenever I saw you after you got back, it seemed like your brain was kind of buzzing with ideas or not necessarily ideas, but maybe more enlightenment. And both. you were talking, you were talking a lot of things like, oh, I, you know, we haven't reviewed, you know, X, Y, or Z recipe since, you know, we opened or I just, you know, I want to start doing this and this. And what, what are some of your takeaways that you've been thinking about? They don't even have to be fully developed. Yeah. But what are some of the things you're excited to, you know, stick your hands in? There's, there's a lot we were working on prior to me leaving yeah. that are really helpful support systems, right? Like this passport we're working on going to allow people to understand the levels of growth and the abilities and, you know, whatever. The, ex- the, the expectations, expectations, but also what? levels where they can continue to grow in the business, yeah, yeah. right? And it's the expectations of those levels where it's like, you might think you're an amazing barista, but also like, look at, you know, the fourth benchmark for a retail. Exactly. And it's like, is your are your waste numbers here? Yeah. Is your wait times here? Like perfect, right? Just like there's always room to grow, and we've outlined what we expect mm-hmm. our growth to be. Hey, it's that time of year again. That time of year where we release a couple special coffees. Why? Because we're getting towards the end of the year. It's time for celebrations. It's time for holidays, and it's time for a pre-release of that's right, pre-release, pre-sign up. Your opportunity to get your hands on some amazing geisha coffee from Benjamin Paz. Geisha is a pretty wild and rare variety. It is one of those coffees that you would want to sit and have an experience with. You would want to drink it and just say, hey, I didn't know coffee could taste like this. And that's true. So Geisha is your opportunity. Benjamin is an amazing person who has worked with us in founding all of our Honduran relationships and also many relationships in other uh, through other companies. So he is very much well worth the support. Where are we selling it, by the way? Is it on the on website? Our web store. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Is there any other place they might see it? The pre-order? Yeah, like is it going to show up anywhere? I saw it. I mean, I know we posted it on Instagram. They'll see it. They'll see it on Instagram. They'll hear it and on this. And this is going to be on a podcast? Yeah. Okay. And on YouTube, obviously? <laughs> yeah. This is going to be on a YouTube podcast? Do you guys put this on the net? The World Wide Web. You've heard of it. Catandcloud.com. If you've seen us on our uh, Instagram, catcloudcoffee, all mm. one word. Don't space it out. Don't mess it up. And as you can see, I'm on the internet right in front of you, potentially on YouTube or listening to you in your ear holes with our podcast. Go to our website, get yourself the pre-order, and make sure that you lock some in because we don't have a ton of it, and it really is amazing, award-winning coffee. He has since won the cup of excellence with this exact coffee. So what does that mean? Listen to our podcast. We'll talk about it another time. But for now... No, the TBD. cup the TBD. of excellence and winning it means something cool. So try it. You'll like it. And uh, see you out there. That's amazing. <laughs> so us putting pen to paper, creating you know a system for that, was a bit of a symptom of this overarching thing that I have. And it's like the reason I started this company is I have a belief in a culture, quality of delivery of a lot of the things that we serve and put out. Yeah. That we do a good job of now, but we aren't doing quite the level that I want, that I set out to create in this company. And 
a lot of people because of the pandemic and because of life experiences that happened to me just coming out of the pandemic haven't seen that from me or experienced that from me and a little bit from Chris as well because of figuring out how to survive a pandemic and then for me going through you know a, a life separation and re uh integration which has been happening yeah so this trip brought to the forefront a real clarity around hey there's there's things that i have felt overwhelmed with leaning into and speaking into that i don't need to feel that way about you know that and that to me is the snapshot it's I know what everything on our menu is supposed to taste like. Yeah. And one large prop to us is that the way we roast our coffee holds up really well. We do a great job. Yeah. And it we'll continue us, to do a great job. It sets us up for success in mm-hmm. a lot of areas. It's a the, good foundation. The part that I have an opportunity to lean into and our leaders, if you're listening to this, have a huge opportunity to lean into is the ability to inspire and maybe uniquely a little bit to myself and what can be for Chris and Charles is inspire and paint a picture of what could be in the future. Should we lean into engagement from uh, a team member perspective, a leadership perspective in our cafes and an understa- a true understanding, we say it all the time and we'll keep saying it, that the work we do is meaningful and it's quantitative based on the level that you as each individual who work with us decide to engage with it and share it. And that is the, some of the work that I need to do is one establish what the quality is in our, in our mouths, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I need to stand in, in, in the mouth hole. I need to show. And Chris is probably going to need to help me with this too. Reshow some of the team leaders and coordinators like the specific range of like what upper echelon excellence tastes like in extraction and what the level we're working towards in milk steaming and latte art is and show them some of the tools and tips on how to be that way. You know, our our baristas are amazing. Our team leaders are amazing as is. Yeah. But I can't help but be the guy who's still sitting up watching as we celebrated seven years. Shout out to us. Looking down, watching these people pour latte art. And still, nobody can keep a towel folded and you're not even in service. And that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, y'all can't even keep a towel folded and put it back on the thing. And you're pouring one drink at a time and you're not even pulling the shot. Kira and I, uh, during one of the intermissions of the night, Kira and I, uh, we poured off against each other. And I was just, I reached down for where the towel was supposed to go on the plate. And I'm like, where's... Where's Dude, the towel? It was just disheveled. Where's, they were throwing the it back. They're just throwing it down. And then somebody handed it to me. And I'm like, what is this? And I started folding it. And I'm like, I just want to use this. Right. You can tell which people wad their toilet paper and which people fold them by watching them <laughs> I don't them think anybody bar. folds their toilet paper, even if they fold their toilet paper. <laughs> but even so, or folds their, t- their towel if they fold their toilet paper. All that to say, <laughs> for me, I'm like, my job, and it's a big one, besides inspiration and vision for the future of the company is to help not only our leaders, but yes, our leaders to see first and foremost, but everybody as best I can to see that like that idea of just keeping your towel folded and putting it back 
is not just me being a harpy owner looking to put rules into place. That is a lesson and a, and a discipline that allows you to be better in life in the long run. And it's like, how do you even translate that? And, and it, it, it does. It just translates into habits. And those habits translate into how you do life. And in a world where we're so busy and we are, everything is built to overwhelm us, honestly. The information we take in, the hustle culture, it's all built to overwhelm us. Being on bar is also in a busy cafe. It can be a very overwhelming place. And you can train yourself to feel less overwhelmed in this world and do a lot more when you train yourself to do things like systematically, professionally, cleanly, and at a really, really high level. And folding a towel and being able to... It's going to come unfolded a little bit throughout a service. It will for me too. But it gets reset when it does. And you can find your ways to open it, wipe a pitcher or a steam wand, set it back down and still be clean and keep things flowing. And so I'm watching all that and I'm like, the world's changing. It's evolving. It has since the pandemic came. People aren't aware and they don't necessarily care at the same level that Chris and myself and all these people who were in Specialty Coffee when it first came out care about all the same things. That's okay because that, you know, the information age has made it so that people can cognitively understand by reading something a lot. Yeah. But my job is to create a place in Cat and Cloud that has a culture that brings people alive. And through the practice of doing some of those things, one way you can become alive is to be proud of your progress. And the other part is that we can show what being an actual true coffee and hospitality professional looks like. And it's not easy. And when you become that, you are also a shoe in for a lot of other things in this world. And that level we've allowed to be high and great, but not, not to the level that I think continues to push people. So I want to, I want to help bring that level up. And that's where a lot of the ideas are coming and they've been there before. The difference is now, I think what I'm realizing is I specifically, people could specifically learn from me and I need to do it now before we're any bigger if we want, and people want to get maybe bigger in some capacity. Well, I re- yeah. So I remember asking a question on the podcast. Uh, I, I wrote, I wrote a card and uh, I think it, <clears throat> it said something along the lines of, you know, there's always more to do and how do you how do you decide when to stop? Um, and your guys's response was, "Well, it just sounds like you're talking about somebody doing a bad close, and we just need to, you know, we have standards, and you either meet the standards or you don't meet the standards, right?" And that for me was very interesting because I was thinking at the same time, like, where are we setting these standards? Like, where is there a point that says, "Hey, this is what a close is"? Like, here's you know, that happens in training. It happens. But I think I was in the same mindset where you're at now where it's just like, oh, yeah, we need to reset the standards, show it all. And we're doing that work with the passport. It's a good start. We're, you know, we're doing that stuff with the team. And it's just it was just a really interesting thing where it's like, yeah, 
you we had been creating the space where people realize that they get to grow, they get to um develop and build skills, but then we also still have this work to do of like make sure that the standards are set of yeah, yeah, those skills are great. Those skills need to help you achieve this. And then you need to see the value in what this means for you in the long term. Well, okay, so here's another thing that that is different in Australia. You, because the hospital, I wonder if that's going to be loud. Maybe I'll turn like this so that doesn't bring in the noise right behind me. Think that's going to see me? Yeah, it's go, a 360 oh. camera, man. Oh, yeah, it is. Look at panning. You're just giving me a lot of work in the edit. But Sorry. <laughs> because of the socialist nature of Australia, there's a, the pay is different. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the culture in general, right, isn't a tip culture. So the investment personal investment in your job and the and the quality of the work you do at places that are pro right it's kind of by default like everybody's is just deeply engaged in their work it doesn't yeah. the, the most of the time the people aren't working and then like okay i'm i'm here but i'm planning you know i'm planning this next thing or this side hustle or like you know they're there they're yeah. in and because they're in the quality of the work is high and that is something that is not as consistent in the states yeah at all you know was, most most people wouldn't look at specialty coffee or even a restaurant gig as what they do yeah and mm, that is what people are able to do over there yeah. you know and and then that's that's awesome they're set up that way you yeah. know the companies over there if you work for them for 10 years you get by by default because of the gov like government mandated you can take three months off Three months off of your work if you work somewhere for 10 years. That's great. And it's government mandated. And so, you know, there's just, there's stuff that's built in that gives you incentive to stick around somewhere yeah. that's supported by the government. And we don't, we don't have a lot of that, you know, yeah. we continue to do things that are good for the people and tough for business. And that's just is like, I'm not even complaining about it. I want to help the people. But if you, if you raise all the minimum wages over and over and over again, that's really helpful for the people. But if you don't allow for that, that, forces an inflation that forces this like a whole thing. Yeah. And without government help across the board, we have a country that has 50 states and they're all kind of self-governed within a, another government. It's, and we don't unan, unite it. We aren't as united as a lot of other places. I, uh, it makes it tough. And that, that just is like, that's just like a, a metric of how does this work numerically? That doesn't have to do with what I care about, unfortunately yeah. at all. I've, I've always had a different, not belief, but like I've only worked at a few places. Yeah. And I made those places. My sock was inside out, dude. <laughs> I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but when I work somewhere, I get invested in it and I want to do everything I can, maybe to a detriment. And I hear all these people who talk about work and it's just like, oh, I'm working for this pay or like, you know, if I don't get this, this and this, I'm just going to find another job. And it, that feels weird to me. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking about it over the weekend and just thinking, you know, we live right next to Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. It's like, I could probably find jobs over the hill. But then I just heard about all, like, I was sitting here in our cafe the other day and somebody was just like talking between friends and they were like, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of layoffs tomorrow and I don't know what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, I don't ever want to have to deal with that. <laughs> 
Yeah. I love working at a place that I care about and I know cares about me. And so it's just like, I feel like I have a lot of potential there when I do that. I, I mean, I agree. And that's, that's where connection, leadership, clarity, and all of that come into play. I think clarity is a good word there because when your leadership knows is putting out a very clear goal and very clear vision of what is expected. There's no room for ambiguity and there's no room for, well, I was making this decision. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had this, I've had this frustration moment myself where it's just like, I'm doing what I thought was the best thing. And then yeah. somebody will come along inside like, Oh no, we're actually not going to do that. Like, yeah. no, don't do that. Right. That thing you just put a whole bunch of work on. Yeah, just yeah, shelve start over. Now. Yeah. I'm like, well, you didn't tell me what to do. Right. So so I've had that. So mm -hmm. clarity is an amazing thing. Yeah, the clarity. Which is, which is kind of why I was excited and wanted to ask you these questions, because when you came back, it seemed like maybe it wasn't fully formed, but like you had a lot of... There's a lot of clarity of what I want to see improve. Then there's, yeah. there's how do you do it in, wow. in such a way where you're not overwhelming everybody. Yeah. Right? I have this unique... Frustrating gift that is able to see a lot of things and when it's good, connect them all together and show a direction on how to get better. There's also the other side of it, which is like, here's all the things that, that need to come up at to this level, go get it. And then people are like, oh, what do I do? You yeah. know? And so, like I said, my job as a leader is to see all those things do my best to create a framework and expectation, clarity, inspiration, and a connection piece, which is all built into our mission in some capacity, if you don't know that, so that we can deliver it and have it matter. And then the people who want to deliver it are, are actually many, I think. And the yeah. people who want to challenge themselves and grow something and grow themselves. Growing also, when I say that, people doesn't necessarily mean getting bigger as a company. It means, you know, grow the, uh, grow the engagement, grow the... Experience grow the capacity actually is a big one that I would want to, to lean into our capacity to to execute like those things yeah. to me are shown through a general level up in the foundation and the basic integration of people who come to work with us in general. You know, if we can start them and create a really high capacity of care and engagement, we have ourselves a huge opportunity and yeah. we have ourselves a really fun experience for guests, you know? So I have a laundry list of specifics that aren't, aren't meant for this podcast to mix with the work that we're going to do and the asks. And then I, yeah, I did, I did come back with things that I want to see us do in the future. And that's where, you know, I haven't even got to really connect with Chris and Charles cause I came back and now they're going on a quick vacay. So Awesome. We'll talk more then, but no, I was ex yeah. I was excited to hear how how excited you were. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a for while me, for me. My energy, I get excited about the things other people are excited about. So mm -hmm. that's why mornings like this morning was really hard because there was no one in the yeah. admin space, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Well, what am I doing?" Anyway, tell you what, back. the creamy beige is going to be delicious again one day. It's going to be like how I created it to be, which it hasn't been since like year one. <laughs> it's delicious. It's going to be delicious. -er. Yeah, it's it's fine. Just kidding, it's delicious, but uh <clears throat> anyways, right. see you later. Bye. 
Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram. We're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.